Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. The Novacare Complex, we're putting the finishing touches on the final prep as the Eagles get ready for training camp. It begins next week. Players report Tuesday. Get to it immediately thereafter. So when you talk about the home stretch, Eagles fans, we are here. The 2022 training camp is nearly upon us. And I, I've been around, obviously, 25 years, 26th season. And everybody says, oh, gosh, this must be the most excited fans have been. And I, no, because fans are excited every season. But there certainly is a an extremely high level of excitement, anticipation, um, high expectations from the fan base, deservedly so. The Eagles embrace that. High expectations internally. Eagles are coming off a terrific offseason following a playoff appearance in Nick Sirianni's first year as the head coach. So what is next for the Eagles in 2022? We're going to find out starting next week. Training camp is here. We got you covered right here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Of course, our Eagles update, which will be ramping up throughout all of our podcasts. Make sure you're with us on all of our platforms, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our social media channels, our app. We are bringing it to you live from the Novacare Complex. In this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, well, is there any better way to kind of kick the preseason off, the training camp season off, the, the season off, than visiting with the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese, who ramps up for his 46th season behind the microphone. I visited Merrill recently at his radio station in Levittown, Pennsylvania, to talk what else? His career the fans, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Merrill, we're in year 46. Um, do you ever, are you ever reflective and say, boy, I'm the luckiest guy in the whole world? Every day. Every, every single day. I have never taken this for granted. It's what I love to do more than anything else in the world. I have never, ever, ever taken it for granted. So do I reflect? I, I don't live in the past. I don't go back, wake up every day and say, boy, I remember back in 1987. No, I don't, I'm not there. I'm, I'm about today's Eagles, about Nick Sirianni, about Jalen Hurts, about Dallas Goddard and Jordan Mailata. But I have never, ever, ever not thought that I'm the most fortunate person in the world to be doing what I do. What was your first game? As play-by-play? Play-by-play. Well, my first game was the the first week in December uh, against the New York Giants uh, in 1977. Uh, Charlie Swift had died that week, and I was the color analyst thrust into the play-by-play seat. And that was the game uh, where Wilbur Montgomery scored his first NFL touchdown and on a kickoff return. And I did every touchdown in Wilbur Montgomery's career because he never scored again after he left here for the Lions. But that was my very, very first game. And I remember standing there at Veterans Stadium that day. And I can remember they had a a moment of silence for Charlie Swift. And all of the players along the sideline turned and faced the broadcast booth as a tribute. And I stood there with my knees knocking together. And my color analyst in that game, who I had asked to join me, 
was the late Herb Adderley, the former Hall of Famer from the Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys. And I just remember thinking, I hope something comes out of my mouth. And it did. And we went on with the broadcast, and I lost myself in the action and went on from there. That obviously was a temporary thing. You were not entrenched. To that point, what did fans know about Merrill Reese? Only that he that he worked hard doing the pre- and post-game shows and that he was a, a color analyst that year who did a lot of homework, uh, did a lot of, came with a lot of notes, and I, I hope they could even then feel that I have a passion for that, that the, the game and this team. Merrill, um, were you good that first game? Like if you were to listen to a broadcast, that first broadcast or the first 10 broadcasts, were you good? I think I see a lot more now than I saw back in those days because they talk about players and they talk about the quarterbacks and they talk about as they gain experience, the game slows down for them. I think the game slows down for me. I can see things that I never saw before. My eyes are at different spots on the field. I think if they were to listen to the tape, they would have a hard time telling the difference between my voice from that season to this season. I don't think there's a difference. Uh, I don't, but, but they could, and here's another thing. I think that when you do something long enough and you're sincere in your presentation, you've earned the right to be somewhat critical at certain junctures of a game. I think at that point, you're just calling the action. Uh, but now your frame of reference is so much greater, and you know so much more about the sport because you've been part of it for 40-plus years that if, if you say, listen, they're, they're, they can't continue to self-inflict problems with their sloppy line player, they can't continue to go off sides, or they, you can be critical at times. I've never called for anybody's job. I've never said take him out of the lineup. I've never done, but if they're bad, I I respect the Eagles fans so much that if I were anything less than totally honest and genuine, they wouldn't put up with it. Speaking of the fans, it's a great segue. I mean, look, it's about your relationship with the fans and knowing you for so long and seeing your interactions with fans and seeing how fans respond to you and 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 how they articulate to you how much you mean to them it's got to be an amazing feeling it is and again it's something that i feel i have to earn every single week i i i you know i i read a story once about joe dimaggio and he was late in his career and somebody came into the locker room and he was pacing around nervously and they said joe why are you nervous he said because there's somebody, there could be somebody out there at Yankee Stadium today who never saw me play, and he's going to base his entire opinion of my talents on what he sees today. I have always felt that I've got to be at my best every single game. And 
I am just as nervous the day of a game, whether it's a preseason game or whether it's a Super Bowl. There's no difference because I have got to give you the best I have every single game. And listen, we all make mistakes and there are broadcasts that I like other, better than others or things that I say or a description that I've made that, I'm, that I shoot myself for on the way home. I wish I had said this. I wish I had said that. But at the same time, you, you prepare, you, you put in maximum effort, and you, you just let it roll. But I, I love doing it, and I want to be at my best every single week. Every game is important. Have you gone up and down with the fortunes of the team on a week-to-week basis, season-to-season basis, game-to-game basis? In terms of my dedication, in terms of my preparation, never. Never. My job is unrelated to their job. Now, when somebody says to me, uh, boy, you really make a game exciting. I understand that as a compliment, but um, frankly, I hope not, because I never want to make a game exciting. I want to transmit the excitement of a game. That's what I want, transmit the excitement. My job now, if it's a bad game, if it's a blowout, if they're playing poorly, my job is to keep the broadcast interesting conversation with Mike Quick, who does such a wonderful job with me in the booth. Keep the conversation interesting. Bring up things. Talk about future opponents. Talk about areas of improvement that must be achieved. But you never create excitement, because if you do, then you rob people of the truly great moments of a game. Merrill, how have you kept your voice so on point, so consistent for 46 years. This doesn't happen. I've been lucky. That that's, No secrets. Uh, well, the, well, I guess you could say there, there's a secret. Uh, the night before our game, uh, I am not going to be yelling or talking in a, a loud restaurant. Even when we're on the road, we go out with the marketing group. I, we'll get up and speak, but I'm not going to yell over a crowd when we sit down. Uh, I do not speak on a telephone. Uh, much the night before a game or a day before a game because you tend to use your voice in a different way where you project. Um, I am not a smoker. I am not a drinker where I am hurting my vocal cords with alcohol or tobacco. So I I take care of my voice in that sense. So I I think I'm I'm mindful of what I have to do to remain, number one, healthy. Uh, And, and of course, we, we can't always control that. But we do the things that we can control to stay just as an athlete tries to keep his body uh, in the best possible shape. I do the same for my body because I, I want to be athletic and enjoy my life. But I'm, I'm very mindful of my voice, particularly in the 24 hours before a broadcast. Do you have, and I'm, I, I, I would imagine you've been asked a thousand times, who's the best eagle that you've ever broadcast? Reggie White. I I would agree with that. Great answer. Uh, Do you have a favorite relationship with a player? Is there one guy who stands out? I know there's many. Uh, Well, there's there's too many. I mean, you go out throughout the years. If I named one, I'd have to name 50. I I can say to you um, that uh, you could not have a better relationship than I have with my friend and partner in the booth, Mike Quick. 
and I had a wonderful relationship with Stan Walters. And for the short time that he did it, I had and still have a wonderful relationship with Ron Jaworski and all of us who are around the Eagles. And I say this without any reservation, that everybody who is around the Eagles loves Harold Carmichael because he is such a wonderful person. So, But I could go into this locker room and tell you that of, of the young people that you're my lotta. Is, is some guy. He he is some wonderful. Kelsey is a great guy. Boston Scott. Is, this, this locker room is filled with terrific people who I enjoy getting to know. And I have missed the last two years because of the pandemic. We were not able to go into the locker room. So I don't really know the last two drafts and free agents because we're, we haven't traveled for two years. We haven't been in the locker room. But of the guys that I've gotten to know from this roster... There are a lot of wonderful people. And then you go back over the years with the Dawkins and the Jaborskis and and, and people like that. There's just so many of them who were just fun to be around and who you still, you know, I I get a kick every time I I see Seth Joyner around the stadium. He's so much, you know how much fun he is to talk to and how passionate he is about the game. Critical, but passionate, and Seth, Seth's a great guy. My my always my number one Merrill was always Troy Vincent. I just felt him to be an honest. He was great. Eric Allen was. I mean, there's just you're right. Well, so well, Cindy and I were at Eric Allen's wedding, and whenever I bump into Eric or you know to to Eric Allen, there he's he's a great, great guy. Yeah. He, he is a great guy. And then you mentioned Troy Vincent. Uh, my wife and I were fortunate enough to take a fan cruise with Troy and. And you know Troy Vincent and Tommy, his wife, mm-hmm. and we had dinner together every night. So Troy Vincent is, who knows? He he could become, he could become head of the the, the the entire players' association, or who knows who knows where he'll be. But but he right now he's vice president of the NFL. Yeah, as is John John Runyon's up there, and there John Loretta Runyon, Runyon are great people to be around. Terrific, everyone. It's just been year after I mean, year uh, after but, year. But, but, let me well let me throw one name <laughs> in, okay? So I can throw one name, and I will tell all of you this: you can you can live to be hundred and fifty, but you will never meet a nicer human being. A more upthing, up, uplifting human being than Brandon Graham. Agreed. Agreed. John Dorenbos. Brandon, let me just go, the list goes on. On and on. on. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the 2022 Eagles. We're getting to know this team a little bit, Merrill. Uh, there's still a lot to know. We, there are a lot of new faces. Your thoughts just kind of overarching on what kind of offseason this team has had to get back in position where... Boy, this is going to be a really interesting season to see how far this team can go. It is. This is such a good organization, uh, captained by Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, and the people he has surrounded himself with. And they they really want nothing more than to win another Super Bowl and take it from there. They're doing everything. They give—I've had coaches throughout the years say to me— that anytime we need something and we ask Jeffrey Lurie, the answer is always yes. No owner gives his coaches and his organization greater support than Jeffrey. And I think that what they've done in this offseason is exciting. Exciting. They've had a great draft. Well, I say they've had a great draft because you can't judge drafts until you look backwards two years hence. But if uh, you know that I said to you that the player I want more than anybody else is Jordan Davis. He's the guy I wanted. 
He's the guy I wanted. And then you put in the Kobe Dean. And then in that same day, that same night, you you bring in A.J. Brown. I mean, this is... And then I've heard great things about Juergens. And then some other other draft choices. I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you a name. And I, I, I saw him in college... I stayed up late. I know where you're going with this, and you're right. Go ahead. You know, I'm I'm talking about the little punt returner, Britton Covey. Britton Covey. I'd stay up late at night to watch Utah because he's so electric, and this team needs help in the return game. You never know how somebody's talents translate from college to the NFL, but boy, I. I sure was excited watching him. And when he was picked up as an undrafted free agent, I did a happy dance. So I, I, I can't wait to see Britton Covey in the, in the pre. I think I want to see him in the preseason more than anybody else. Uh, well, we, we also want to see Jalen Hurts, and I know you've been in his corner since day one. I am. Uh, how critical is this year for him to establish himself? I think every year is critical for every quarterback. Um, somebody once said that uh, you either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. He's going to get better. And uh, he's he's got a lot going for him. Uh, it starts with the fact that the players rally around him. It starts, it, it, it continues with the fact that he is a diligent, football first, most important thing in his life type of individual. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's got... An arm that is underrated by many of the fans. I uh, I know he went out to California. And if you talk to the people out there who worked with him, Tom House and the other quarterback coaches, they will tell you his arm strength is right there with the better arms in the NFL. He does not have a marginal arm. And I, I think you're going to see... Uh, Keep in mind that this is a guy who played for five different offensive coordinators in five years and has won every place he's going to that he's been. I think you I think you're going to see somebody special this year. Merrill, I, I get the sense training camp starting here shortly. You're going to be just as excited as every fan out there. Absolutely, I already am. Yeah, it's just so every year you look at it is a totally new experience for you, isn't it? It is. It is. But I I like what I saw last year. I mean, none of us had a right to expect a a playoff team last year. And I agree that some of it had to do with the expanded format. But I also believe that I saw this team get better as the season went on. And I think we have a bright, young head coach in town. And he surrounded himself with people in whom he believes. And I think it I think it will be better. It will be better. I think the team to beat in the NFC East is still the Dallas Cowboys, but I think the Eagles are going to be right with them come December 24th. Merrill, thank you, and have a great, have fun this season. I mean, is is that kind of the bottom line? It's always fun for you. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's it's always fun for me. Thanks, Merrill. My pleasure. In this week's extra point, we are going to. Uh, Have some fun. The Eagles, in case you missed it, have announced their first tequila partnership. They're in the tequila business with Real Azul, an ultra-premium tequila made from 100% blue agave. It's a multi-year deal, and the Eagles, yeah, for the first time ever, in the tequila partnership. Hey, Eagles fans who are 21 and older, if you come to Lincoln Financial Field this year, 
You will enjoy the authentic Real Azul experience with portable bars on the concourse level and then the installation of a co-branded bar in 2023. So when you're in the mood and who isn't, get on over and enjoy some of the very best tequila Real Azul now partners with the Philadelphia Eagles to enhance, as Brian Napoli, our vice president of corporate partnerships, says, enhancing the game day experience at Lincoln Financial Field, providing value to Eagles fans throughout the season. Absolutely. And by the way, Eagles fans, as part of the deal, you will have the opportunity to enter exclusive sweepstakes to win game tickets and a VIP Real Azul tequila tasting with an Eagles legend. Imagine tipping some back with one of your favorite former Eagles, all in the spirit of great tequila. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. Thanks to Ray Doyle. Thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. And if you have a moment to give us a review, because we love the five stars and they do mean something within this organization, please visit the details section of your podcast library. We've got a link for you there. I'm back next week as training camp will be in session. So we'll bring you the very latest from the NovaCare Complex as the Eagles hit the practice field for training camp. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds! <laughs>